This is the Radical RMT Podcast, where I talk to radical massage therapists, chat about the unique lifestyle we have in this profession, and cover topics we care about beyond the massage table. My name is Krista Dix. I'm a registered massage therapist with over a decade of experience. If you want an inspiring career that leads to an incredible life, stay tuned. Sean, thanks so much for being on the Radical RMT podcast. I really appreciate you taking uh, some time uh, away from your uh, your family there at home um, to uh, to give us a little chat today. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Awesome. So can you give us a little bit of your, your bio? Um, how I know you is you were one of my um, massage therapy instructors in school. That was uh, 14 years ago. Um, and at that time, you were already, I think, 10 years into the practice, which, which at that time was amazing. And now with that much more experience, that is even more incredible. And to know that uh, a massage therapist can, can uh, endure that long. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, you were a huge inspiration, obviously, in school. Um, and you've been like a mentor, uh, if I ever had a question throughout my career. And now we kind of see each other in passing at one of the clinics um, that I work at as well with you, which is wonderful. Um, but can you give us your your bio? Sure, yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, I did teach for a number of years. Uh, I'll be, I think I'm in 24, 25 years of practice this year. Hmm. Um, been working in the NHL now for 13 seasons. Uh, be 14 once and if we get going again. Uh, so I taught massage for about seven years-ish, which I had to give up to do the NHL job. Okay. Um, let's see. Worked for Team Canada at the 2014 World Championships in Belarus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've worked for Cirque du Soleil now on three shows, and they give me a shout when they come to town now to see if I'm available. Okay. Uh, last one I wasn't, so I was able to farm that out to a couple different people, which was, was, which was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently work at two clinics, like you said, one with you and one in, in CARP and then one in the East End. So I try and maintain both those clinics while working in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, like, you know, during the hockey season, it's somewhere in the range of 70 to 80 hours a week-ish, uh, just, just so I can actually have a practice when the hockey season's over. Right. Uh, let's see. Um, from, a, from a work perspective, it's kind of me in a nutshell really and you know, as you, and, and as you know i don't exactly have the 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 work-life balance thing no uh, but but i've learned with my now two months off because of the virus thing every uh, life quite a bit it's been interesting sorry can you say that again yeah well now with the now with the coronavirus thing and i haven't worked now for two months yeah uh my my work-life balance has been a major rethink. I was rethinking it for a while. I thought I actually had kind of had it in check. Mm-hmm. And uh, now being home for two months, I realized that I was nowhere near being in check. Right. So it's been it's been an in, it's been an interesting self discovery these two months of not working. So you think you'll change your approach when everything reopens again? I think so a little bit. I'm not sure. I think a lot of it's going to be self-directed by the clinic, one of the, one of the clinics that I work at, because mm-hmm. we're just not going to be able to have that many people come through the door. Right. Right. And, and, uh, and I've relearned now that, uh, like the one clinic might be, the problem is I work at two physio clinics and mm-hmm. both of them are very, very busy. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting perspective on, on how everything's going to run. I've chatted with the one owner, Lisa, a little bit about how she thinks it might work and, um, you know, it's just, I don't think it's going to go back to the way it was. I, right. I mean, there's no way I could, yeah, I mean, there's no way I can treat the volume of people that I treat and still maintain, I think, what's going to be the new protocols. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I, I can't treat 15 people in a day anymore because it's just, it, it won't, it just won't be possible based on patient flow in and out of the clinics, having to, you know, re-sterilize everything, which is what, you know, it's just, I don't think it's going to be possible anymore. Right. Yeah, because I was going to mention, yes, you've been you've been working like 15, 16 clients per day. Um, and uh, and yeah, that that and then you talk about work life balance. And it's um, it was it's just definitely one of the things that I definitely wanted to um, to address as well. Um, 
so I mean, maybe we can go go with that then. Um, what, like, how did the how does the schedule work when you worked treating a, like a sixteen patient day at the uh, you know at the physio clinic? And, I mean, what did a typical day look like for you if you're seeing sixteen patients? Well, I get there at usually eight thirty nine in the morning, and I leave around seven seven thirty at night. And mm-hmm. it's what what makes it easier is when you have a receptionist who can you know do the billing, take the payments. It's really just, you know, one in, one out, one in, one out, one in, one out. And mm-hmm. then when I get home, I spend a couple of hours doing uh, all the all the paperwork. I'll right. make quick notes. and uh, But, I mean, most of my patients are there for a particular reason. So it's not like I'm doing hour relaxation massages and stuff. And, you know, somebody, anybody that I'm treating comes in with a particular injury or, or issue that, doesn't revolve doesn't doesn't involve me having to take an hour with somebody sometimes it's half hour sometimes it's 45 minutes and most of those patients are doing physio as well mm-hmm. so I don't have to I don't have to worry about the the remax and and, and all the home care because uh, what I usually do is I'll have a chat with the physio and we work it out and agree on things I suggest something because usually if I'm treating a client that's seeing another physio or a Cairo I let them kind of dictate the the rehab protocols um, um, usually with some conversation with them. So we're, we're kind of on the same page of what I see and what they see. Mm-hmm. And then I do that. I mean, I treat that volume of patients uh, up until really last year, you know, five five days a week. Last year I started, started taking Fridays off for the first time ever in my life and realized how much how much fun that was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you just take the day completely off then? You wouldn't work at your other yeah. clinic. It was It was a no. day off. Yeah, I, 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 work, I would work at the other clinic until noon, 1 o'clock, until school was out. Mm-hmm. And then i just start taking every Friday off. So that what I ended up doing on that Friday is all the yard work, clean the house, you know, play with the dogs, that kind of stuff. So that when when the whole family was home on the weekend, then it was just a family weekend. We didn't have to do anything. And you take the weekends so we off, yeah, as well. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Once, yeah, because once hockey season's over, I don't work weekends because we, during the hockey season, we only get four days a month off. Okay. And if it's if it's a during the weekday, let's say it was a Wednesday off, well, then I would go to the clinic and work nine to nine because I hadn't, you know, just to try and keep my patients in. And then sometimes that day off is on the road. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't get a lot of family time, you know, and uh, so if, the, if an off day was on a weekend, then I wouldn't work for sure unless, unless, and the, and Angela were away at a hockey tournament. Well, that's it. Well, I'm by myself anyway. I might as well work. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just a matter of trying to figure all that all that balance out. But yeah, I found that having taken that Friday off last year was uh, was just actually a, a mental mindset. Right. Like once I once I got over the guilt of not working, it was actually fantastic. Yeah. Is, and is that a big um, you think that's a big thing with massage therapists is that guilt of trying to fit everybody in? I'm assuming that's also how you end up with a 16 you know, client day is, is that you, you, oh yeah, I can squeeze in one more, especially because your treatment technique is quite effective and and efficient. Um, and, and as you said, a shorter duration of time is, so is, is guilt a a big part of it, as you said, you to let go. And then, and is that a big part that you see with other massage therapists that are sort of, uh, extending their, their time? Well, I I think for me, it was huge and it took me a long time to get over that because I mean, you know, you've known me for years. Like I would always come in the extra half hour earlier, or stay the half hour late if somebody really needed something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and I don't, I don't know if that's everybody in in today's world. I think mm-hmm. there's a percentage of us that have that guilt. Um, I don't, I don't think a lot of the newer therapists have it because they they are a lot more smart about the work life balance. You know, they only want to work four or five hours a day and or only treat four or five, six clients a day, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, I don't know how you can make a living on that, but, mm-hmm. I mean, people can, and, and, and all, all the power to them. Uh, for me, it's, you know, and you know, it's never really about, been for me about making money. It's about trying to treat as many clients as you can to try and help people. I don't I don't ever want to be that person to say, well, I'm sorry, I can't see for three weeks because I'm fully booked. Yeah. You know, I have I have eight months of a year with hockey, saying, ah, you know, like I don't have any space for two weeks mm-hmm. because I'm on the road for four because I'm on the road for fourteen days. Mm-hmm. So that when when I can do it, I really want to be able to, you know, get as many patients in as I can because I just I don't I can't stand a waiting list. 
Yep. For me, for me, the, the type of treatment I do, it's not effective if I can only see somebody once every three weeks. Right. In the in, in the initial stages, right. But I mean, I try to get people in, get them out. I, I don't want to have somebody coming back, you know, right. once a week for twenty weeks. You know, and, and I've got patients I've been seeing now for ten or fifteen years. They come in a couple times a three, four times a year just as a checkup and and uh, just to make sure things are sitting well and. You know, and uh, I'm quite happy to say, well, yeah, you know what, you're doing good. Come mm-hmm. back when you want to. Yeah. Um, we, with um, the two clinics that you work out of, one is your your own um, space, right? Yeah. And do you have any other therapists working with you right now? Uh, no, no. When I when I first opened up, I had five people mm-hmm. working for me, and I realized that I, I'm not one that works well with others okay. sometimes. Okay. Um, well, because because of my at, at the time my mindset was I can't believe you only want to work four hours a week. Right. You know, and and you want me to call you when something comes up. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting here. If something comes up, I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. If somebody walks in the door, I mean, that's how I started. I worked at a, a chiropractic clinic in Ottawa U, and I would go in and sit there nine to five. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and the amount of walk-in patients I got was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But also being gone eight months a year, you can't really run the clinic efficiently with other people working there because you're not there to monitor it. So I don't know, maybe I have the wrong people. Maybe I don't, I don't know what the rationale or how it all worked itself out. But eventually I just said, you know what, everybody needs to go find their own place to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've had, I had some therapists say, you know, well, your clinic's not making me busy enough. Right. Well, you go, you, well, you go over the numbers like, okay, well, in an eight-month period, you saw 50 people, and you only saw, you know, 12 of those people more than twice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw 10, and I've seen them all five times each. Mm-hmm. It's it's really not me. It's it's whatever your process of how you treat goes. So I just figured it was just easier for me not to have people. Mm-hmm. And then when I, when I'm done hockey, I might I might re reevaluate that and and have somebody working mm-hmm. for me. I, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't really got that far yet. I'm hoping to do hockey for a few more years yet, and uh, until the old the old body can't can't handle the three three o'clock on loads of wet hockey equipment. But <laughs> right. we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so, how did you get involved with but, the? Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're saying but that said though that, that that said that the clinic in Orleans now is that uh, I am working. There are two physios that work out of there now, or three physios work there. So. Uh, the five rooms that I built now, I have one, and the, the physios use the rest. So it's it's kind of like a West physio type setup now. So mm-hmm. there's just constant constant companionship. So it's been actually kind of nice. That's good, but not having to you know monitor the, them either because it's a completely you know different profession, but that complements. So so that's good. Yeah. I mean, I understand the mindset originally. If you were if you were going to be away, then why not have somebody? in that that space you know early on massage you know, as massage therapist to take care of your you know clients while you're away um but i agree that the the mindset for some of the newer um therapists is is the work ethic is not um it's not quite the same and you're not the the first um experienced you know massage therapist to describe how you how you got started i mean you just show up and wait and get the walk-ins and you're there to answer the phone and and that's yep. that's just how it works well I, I think i think just a lot of people you know miss the understanding i had this conversation with everybody that's ever worked for me and, and other therapists i've talked to and, and and even when you know i was teaching when you when you work for somebody you're not working for them mm-hmm. you're renting you're renting a room in their space to build your business mm-hmm. so how you want to build your business is is how you want to build your business if you want to come in and do something or you know whatever you want to do it's still your business regardless of where your table's sitting yeah whether you're paying rent in the building or or if you're working for somebody in a group setting at the end of the day it's still your business that you're trying to build yeah whether you're paying somebody paying somebody percentage or a flat month rent or a landlord flat month rent the mindset really shouldn't change yeah in my in my opinion like the effort you put in is the effort you're going to get out. If you want to put half-assed effort into building your practice, then you really can't complain that your practice is not where you want it to be. Right. Yeah. In my opinion. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, so how did you get involved with the Ottawa Senators, uh, one of the NHL teams there here in Ottawa? Yeah, it, it was actually a complete fluke, to be honest with you. Uh, it seems to be that seems to destroy my life. I seem to be in the right place at the right time <laughs> a lot. Uh, I was teaching, and um, I had the initial therapist who was supposed to volunteer to be the, the outreach person at the sense camp, uh, for some reason couldn't do it. I forget why. So I said, oh, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'll do it. So I canceled half of my day and went and did this. And, and it just happened to be the day that the assistant GM at the time, Randy Lee, said, well, you know, the head therapist, Jerry Townend's in. Would you guys like to meet him? I said, oh, sure, why not? So we did our thing and went in and gave us a little tour of the room and was chatting with Jerry. And he was saying that uh, if they knew anybody who had me looking for a job, the therapist they had uh, quit because he'd, he'd done it for a year. And he decided he wanted to go back to the National Valley in Toronto because the lifestyle for him just okay. really wasn't what it was at. So I applied, gave him my resume, and he sent me a text, gave him a shout, so I gave him a call. And he said, well, it's really weird. I've never had anyone with your experience ever apply for a job like this. Okay. Um, so what do you mean? So when most people come with no experience, get the experience, and say, hey, I'm the guy. Ah. And then they leave and build a practice off that. You, you, so I've done some research. You're already really busy. You know, why would you want this job? So, well, it's just one of those things. I think if I if I didn't say take a chance, I'd be I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Mm-hmm. So he said, okay, well, here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you know, we're gonna work the crap out of you. Yeah, pay you like crap for a while. Um, and uh, so I said, well, I had a chat with my wife because I mean, really, realistically, like you can't you can't do what I do without an understanding family. Uh-huh. You know, because you're on, you have 41 road games a year, so you're going to be gone 60, 70 days in eight months, give or take. Mm-hmm. Sometimes 10, 13, 14 days. We had, you know, I know my oldest daughter Lindsay was playing competitive hockey, and we had Emma who was just young. So you know, and just pretty much a single mom for eight months a year. Mm-hmm. So we we talked about maybe just doing it for two years to see how it goes, and then uh, it went. I mean, it, it was just definitely a huge struggle on the family initially. Yeah. Um, there's still there's still days, you know, but everyone seemed to work out, and you know, uh, Anne has done a great job supporting me through all this and, and everything else. So, and, uh, so here I am, 13 years later, I have two more seasons on this contract. Okay. And then then we'll reevaluate once again at that and see how everything is family wise and work wise and everything else. Yep. But you've you made it all work, and you've also described that it's. I mean, there's a larger component to it as well than you just showing up and doing massages you just described earlier that yeah, at 3 a.m you're hauling uh hockey equipment you know out of <laughs> out of the the oh, bus yeah, as yeah. well yep. um so there's definitely a non uh glamorous side side to it um, well there's a lot of there's a lot of non-glamorous side to it right there's myself there's myself uh, Sebastian Hartel, who's the assistant athletic therapist, plus the equipment guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, we load the plane, unload the plane, set it up, tear it down, move to the next location, unload the plane, set it up. Yeah, you know that's just all. That's all part of the job, right? You don't just do massage. I right. mean, I also, I also stock fridges and at home I prepare the game day like uh, fruit, fruit, fruit bar, cut up fruit and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you got to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Because um, we have one of the probably one of the smallest staffs in the NHL, so everybody chips in and, and does everything. I I maintain the hot tub, the cool tub, the swimming pool, sauna. I order I order the vast majority of supplements and, and protein bars and all that stuff too. So. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, as you're describing, everybody just kind of chips in, does what they they need to do, and you're not the personality type either to just sit around and and watch other people um you know no i do i do create a lot of my own problems that way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the thing about the nhl right i mean there's there's a lot of downtime and, and for the first few years that was for me that was the hardest part when you're used to you know working straight you know in and out for hours mm-hmm. well once the, once the practice is on okay well now here's another 40 minutes of doing nothing yeah and then during the game well here's another two and a half hours of doing really nothing yeah because there's nobody injured you basically just sit down and watch watch the game on tv yeah 
Um, so I, I mean, because you've already described that it, it's not as glamorous. I, I mean, it's it's a great great opportunity, a hundred percent. But I think that a lot of new massage therapists as well might look at that um, career opportunity and and just sort of see the the shiny part of it. Um, well, don't don't get me wrong. There's a lot more shiny than there is not shiny. Right. I mean, I've, I've been all I've been all over North America. I mean, I've been every any NHL city. Some little small remote places like like New York City, I'd never had any desire to go, and now like oh my god, what a great city! You know, it's just a lot of places that I thought, yeah. But you realize mm-hmm. that I mean, every city is unreal. Yeah. Even the ones that look kind of sketchy on TV, right. they're still they're still. I mean, don't forget, we also stay in four and five star hotels. We're in nice neighborhoods, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus I've also been to Sweden twice with the hockey team. That's awesome. You know, and, I, and and because of that, I got to work with Team Canada. So we had training camps training camp is in Zurich, Switzerland. You know, the, 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 the tournament itself was in uh, Minsk and Belarus. I mean, these are, these are opportunities that I would have never got. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to meet some of my idols like Tretiak and Bobby Orr and, and Chico Resch and Dominic Hasek and Gordy Howe. I've met all these people plus yeah. all the guys I've worked with over the years. So there's a lot of, there's a lot more upside for than, sure than there is downside, but there is, like every job, it's like, you know, even for clinic, you know, the downside of the clinic is doing laundry if you don't have a linen service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the same, same, same concept, you know, and, and I give, I give lectures over at one of the schools here uh, on sports massage and getting into it. And it's just, it's hard to get into. There's yeah. There's so many jobs. For and, sure. and guys like me don't want to give them up. Yeah. You know, so... And you're working hard to, you know, just to to maintain uh, that skill set and to to prove that you want to be there as well. So that's one thing sure, to consider yeah, sure. if you want to get into that profession as well. You can't just get in and then and then assume that you get to stay uh, for as long as you want. Well, exactly. And where 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 it helps is if there's not a lot of staff turnover. There's not a lot of management turnover. Uh, a lot of places where you'll see where there's where a lot of coaches go in and out. Where they change the staff in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems to be worse in, in, in the U.S. and Canada. We have fewer teams here, obviously, in Canada. Um, but the vast, I mean, just well, there's been a fair bit of turnover around the league in the last three to five years. There's been a lot of therapists quit who have been around for a while. Or mm-hmm. same thing, they're newer guys. It's like, yeah, you know what? Don't really think this is really what, what I what I want to do. And right. And for me, like, I, it was a 50 percent pay cut to yeah. take the job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's made up for it now, but. You know, I mean, the, the the bonus there is the bank likes that guaranteed paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, if yep. you're trying to buy a house, <laughs> you yep. know, stuff like that. But yeah, it's 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 been it's been a hell of a ride, really. For sure. But at the same time, I, I don't know if I would go. I don't know if I would give up the clinic stuff to, to do only that. Okay. Because so, the clinic stuff challenges your brain, keeps your skills, your skill set up. Because you're really treating the same things day in and day out, day in and day out in the NHL. I mean, most of our stuff is. It's preventative, trying to keep guys from from getting hurt, and I mm-hmm. think that's where our team really excels. Yeah, we don't we don't generally lose guys to simple little things. Yeah, so. that's good. Um, and so as have things uh, have you seen things change from the inside? I mean, you you're kind of just you just described that it is kind of the same thing over and over again for for treatment wise. But have you seen a lot more of a focus on team like team care from? like from manual therapies and as you're describing like the hydrotherapies and that have you seen uh has it always been there and or have you seen it change um and become more of a focus well well i've been we've been pretty lucky because because the team that we have like from therapy standpoint we're all very very hands-on manual mm-hmm. we there's very very little machines uh like the only time we ever use a muscle stem or something like that is in the initial stages of of rehab uh, we're lucky though because we have two great strength and conditioning coaches, mm-hmm. and and they're about functional movement and 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 we we get try and get guys back doing things as fast as you know fast as possible. Yeah, and I think that's where um, we differ from a lot of teams, from what I understand. Like like there's our team, their team that have they have every every of every gadget that's you know everything that you can think of from a therapy standpoint from a gadget they have it. Mm-hmm. You know, and we and we have very little of that stuff. Yeah. And yet, our our man games lost, except for a traumatic injury, has been some of the lowest in the league since I've been around. That's great. So I don't know, like, what is like? I, I just I just don't think you can get away from the basics of strengthening, 
strengthening, stretching, and proprioception. You just have to be able to do it in the right order. Mm-hmm. And it's all about muscle balance. Like if you if you've got things that are out of balance, you get hurt. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And and when you gain a new range, the trick is you have to be strong in that range. If you're not strong in that new range, your brain takes you right back to the old range. Okay. And that's where like a groin pull happens. You know, hockey guys are strong as crap and, and into that skating motion and a little bit beyond. But if you catch an edge, well now you're 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 beyond that range. Mm-hmm. So your body doesn't know what to do out there. So that's one thing I learned working for Cirque du Soleil. Those people are strong through their entire range of motion. And what I've seen those people do is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that they're strong in a full splits and they can still lift their heels off the ground Yeah, in a full split. That's, that's insane. Yeah. But that's why they don't get hurt as often. Right. Right. And, um, and that's sort of like your functional range conditioning courses. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and, those, and those guys, they, they travel. They, they actually travel with two Pilates reformers. Oh, awesome. That makes me happy. <laughs> that's Chester. That's, that's okay. In the background there. Yeah, because, because and, that, and, and they do it. That's, that's, and they like legit travel with two full, full reformers, and they, do, they, they swear by Pilates. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I'm trying to get my young hockey kids, they come and see you for Pilates, because I mm-hmm. think that's what the average kid needs. Yeah. Because they're like, you know, you, you see they are one of these big strength coaches and they're squatting and doing all this stuff and my back's sore. Well, of course your back is sore. You can't, you can't stand on one foot for more than five seconds and, you, and, your, and your trainer's got you squatting 150 pounds. Yeah. Your, your, your base is no good to support anything. So that's one thing I've learned over the years is trying to get back to in, instilling the hockey basics into the young kids and their parents. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to do because they buy into the programs. Yeah, you know, and, and a sixteen-year-old boy doesn't want to stand on one foot throwing a ball against the wall. Right. You know, he wants to crush big weights. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I've seen that. You know, in the last couple of years, because like hockey, like most sports at the at the young level, has gotten stupid, where they have them on the ice twelve months a year. You know, they're not they're not and they're training. Yeah. They're not training right. And yeah. Um, last last tryouts, I had I had six kids. 13 to 16 with groin pulls and they hadn't even started tryouts yet right like it's just so wrong yeah but i mean you can't you can't you can't as a kid or a parent i get it because my because both my kids are competitive hockey players you you have to you have to buy in because if you don't the coaches will not take you unless mm-hmm. you're a one percent player yeah so what do you do as a parent and, and a kid right mm-hmm. you have to you have to you have to educate the coaches and i think that's where our strength uh Strength coach uh, Chris Schwartz has done a great job. Is he's out there trying to you know educate people and and, and Jerry Towner runs a clinic at the Senseplex and he's educating people. So I think eventually it will happen. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take probably a generation or two before people realize it's getting a little silly. Yeah, well, that's encouraging. Um, would you say uh, would you have a signature technique? I mean, you know, you've talked about how you're able to you know, be more a little efficient and effective with your with your hands on technique there with being able to see so many people a day because it's a very specific um, you know problem that people are coming in with. Do you have like something that's a signature for for you? Well, the thing that I find that's helped me a lot was muscle energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a great technique to fix little things, and I've really gotten back to uh, joint mobilization stuff, mm-hmm. um, and gait analysis and postural analysis, and it's all the stuff that when we learn in school, like oh god, I'm never going to use this. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, it's funny what you can see from a good gait analysis and a postural analysis. It's, mm-hmm. it, it it tells you so much. Plus, you know, your basic assessment stuff. But for me, the I mean, I, I've had people hobble in. And you crack the pelvis and the sacrum, and they and they walk out going, "Oh my God, I can't mm-hmm. believe that that mm-hmm. worked." It didn't feel like anything. Yeah, it's just all those more subtle techniques for me. Um, but I want to learn the functional range and the funks all that all that functional range stuff because I think that to me is is really where it's at. You know, and and getting the exercise routines for those end ranges down better. Uh, I have to say, it's probably the my weak link is the is the rehab stuff. Because I've just always worked with great rehab people, so I haven't really needed it. Right. But I think I need to get better at it. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, it's muscle energy. It's, it's joint play. It's 
you know, because if a joint doesn't function, you can beat the muscle to death and, and it doesn't change anything, at least not long term. Right. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what made you want to be an instructor back, like, um, when you did start, start teaching, um, I mean, some of the techniques that I have learned from, from you, I, I, you know, in those, uh, two years of school almost, um, you know, I still use, um, to this day as, as go-to techniques, which was amazing. Um, but yeah, what made you want to be an instructor in the first place for a massage school? I, I love teaching people stuff. Like even when I was in the restaurant business, I was I was I used to run a Wendy's restaurant in, in Peterborough and in Ajax and the Pizza Hut a little bit. And I love teaching people things. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, I have I have a few a few therapists that will refer clients to me uh, for my opinion, and I said, "Well, come with them. I can show you what I do." I mean, I just I love spreading the knowledge because mm-hmm. um, so I think I may have been one of the first people to do muscle energy here it was part of the course curriculum in BC. And I thought, oh my God, this is a game changer. So I taught it, I put it in as part of the advanced technique course when I taught. Because for me, I think it's, it's it, from a therapist's perspective, it's one of the easiest things in the world to do once you get your head around all the information. Right. It's so low taxing on the body. Mm-hmm. And there's really no CIs to it. Right. Um, but I, I just love, I love teaching people things. I I, I, I I don't know. It's just one of those things I've always done. I like to instruct. I like to spread my knowledge. I like to tell people things. And, you know, because even at West Physio, I mean, I talk to physios and give them suggestions and they give me suggestions. I like that back and forth banter because I think it's the, it's, it's the best the best thing for the world, for the profession. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, think I, got, I think I got out of teaching at the right, at the right time, though, um, because I was getting frustrated with it because I, I don't like the multiple guests and, true and false and um well you've written some of my tests you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like to me you can't you can't teach assessments with true and false and multiple guess it has uh-huh. to be here's a case history here's a blank piece of paper figure it out yeah and and i did a lot of mentoring um over the years and i, and I realized that when the kids come in they have there's, there's no thought process anymore there's no start here go to there that mm-hmm. I think as a profession we've kind of lost that now I haven't done it in a few years um, so hopefully it's changed I know there's a lot of great instructors out there mm-hmm. I've, I've, I just I found that the thought process of how to get to point A to point B is is not there like it used to be mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's because of the way they teach now um, I know I was always in trouble because I would take the school's test and throw them away and make my own because <laughs> mine made more sense right um, so I think I probably got out of it at the right time. Um, I don't know, but that said, I mean, I, I'm always available. I mean, to, to have a chat about patients or I, I just love, I just love to teach. And I think when schools, if when hockey's done, I may look back into it. I'm going to have to probably put my, my belief systems on check a little bit on how it's supposed to be done, but I would mm-hmm. love to teach again. I would love it because I, I, I really do enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're very, uh, very good at it, um, and I, I agree that I feel that the the approach of of a, as a problem solver, like coming at it from that perspective, um, made a huge difference um, for me as well. Um, that's but that's how I I learn best. I recognize that I'm not looking for the easy um, the easy out. Um, I want to understand. Yeah. I don't want to just get the answer right. I want to understand why that's you know, the best approach. Well, and, or... I, and I think, and I think that was for me as well. I mean, I can't memorize to save my life. Right. So one, once I learned that if I knew why something happened, it made sense to me. If I, if I knew the why, I didn't have to study as hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of how I wanted to teach it. So I mean, if, even right now I'm helping my daughter here with biology and history and English. And now she's and I'm thinking, okay, well, don't, but why is that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and 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 she's just actually really enjoying the fact that like, wait a second, and you, you, I can talk to her on the dog walks about things, and she understands she understands it because she just didn't memorize it. She understands the philosophies and the reasoning behind things. It's, it's actually been it's been quite interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think that it's it's necessarily like the the fault of like I think that the students coming into massage therapy. I think it's any program now. I think it's it's something that's getting learned or not learned early on is is that um is that that lack of problem solving just it's just not there uh so much 
and then it's it's up to individuals like yourself to talk to your talk to your kids about about breaking it down and understanding it um I think it is missing in the in in the curriculum even before they get to their chosen career um you know oh, 100% 100% and, and, and unfortunately we we have done it to ourselves mm-hmm. in that you know par- parents have have made teachers not be able to do what they need to do mm-hmm. because we've we've we said well Johnny failed because you don't like him right so they've had they've had to get rid of subjective marking mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know and, and I, re- I ran into this a lot when I was teaching you know, well, you know, you have parents call like, well, no, you failed my kid because you don't like them. So, well, no, like, I don't. It's not that. Right. The answer's wrong. Yeah. So what what they've done to get rid of that, that subjective, you know, perspe- perceived bias is, well, it's either right or it's wrong. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, well, now, nah, you know, I see where you're going with this, but it, you put your conclusions wrong. Mm-hmm. But if, if they think you don't like them, you can argue that and argue it. So teachers have gone, you know, we're not doing this anymore. Right. You know, here, here's, here's the answer. It's either true, it's false, or here's, here's fill in the blank. So I, I honestly think that we as a profession, uh, and, and have, and it's the same with schools, that we, we, we've been thrown into this, they've been thrown in this position where we have to do it that way to get rid of any potential foreseen bias and I, and I don't think it's helping anybody. Right. But 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 we as parents have made them do that because we well it can't be you no know, it's not my kid my kid knew that but you marked it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had that conversation for a number of years with with which and it's like no it's just not right. <laughs> yeah. But but I th- I think we've just we've done it to ourselves and I, and I don't think I don't think it's helping anybody. Right. But that's that's just me. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, BC earlier. Um, so you practiced massage therapy out in BC as well. Yeah, for a short period of time. I, um, uh, I moved out to BC uh, for reasons and came back for reasons. Um, but because I am a tad of a procrastinator, I missed the window of being just being grandfathered in. So I actually had to go back to school for another year. Oh, okay. And I think it was the best thing in the world for me because after about three years working here, I'm like, Ugh, this is painful. I don't. This isn't what I. This is what. I, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And BC had that perspective on, we can replace physios. We can. We can be, you know, first first contact therapy. And their 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 mindset about it was completely different than what we learned here. Or or after three years and thousands of patients, I had I had a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So relearning, oh, oh, this makes more sense. Yeah. This makes more sense. This makes more sense. And so I, my whole mindset to how I wanted to work and the therapist I wanted to be changed living out there. Mm-hmm. So when I came back, I was like, okay, now this is what I want to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, it is interesting that you described like the sort of that after three years. I mean, I've been practicing almost for 14 years and I can almost look back on it. It's about every three years that I do get a little bit restless in the profession. Um, And I have to, you know, push my boundaries, get out of my comfort zone, have a good, you know, um, reassessment, uh, an existential crisis usually. And then, (laughs) and then, uh, yeah, then come at it with a a new perspective. Uh, Do you find that that that's common with some of your colleagues? Um, Well, I think it's common with everybody. And and I don't think it's just, I don't think it's just us. I think it's every job. Right. You know, if you're you're, you're doing the same thing day in, day out, day in, day out, the the novelty wears off a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, over a lot, since I've been off on this break and, you know, and, 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 you know, I'm on a number of Facebook things and, um, I sometimes am that guy on those posts, right. but I've, I've had a lot of people like, Oh my God, what course I take now? I, I mean, like, well, what, what I have found is, and go, go back into the textbooks that you, that you use just to get through the course. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're going to read them now from a therapist perspective, not a student perspective. Yeah. Like McGee or muscle testing and function or whatever books that you use for all of that stuff. You now have some, you have some now legitimate referral 
points to some of this stuff. So go over, go over the testing, mm-hmm. you know, go over muscle imbalance and postural correction and, and relearn it from the therapist's perspective. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Like I, I went into, I went through, I've been going through a few things here and there after, even after all this time, like, huh, you know, that's Mrs. Jones. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. Because you do, you do get into your, your very narrow perspective on treatment. Yep. Everyone does. And, and we, we, we will skip a few steps here and there because we're pretty sure, you know, you've seen this a thousand times. And then, you know, Mrs. Jones or Mr. Jones is not getting better. You're like, I don't understand this. You go back, oh, I can't believe I missed that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, every, everyone's jumping at, you know, the biggest new course. Well, I think those are all great because you, you have to do it because, you know, the CMTO is mandated. You have to learn something. And, and I think it's great that we learn, but sometimes it's just good to go back and relearn what you've already learned and, and look at it from a, like a different perspective. Every three to five or six years, go through that McGee assessment book and go, oh, yeah, that's right. That yeah. makes sense now. Because, I mean, those things, those things are written by, you know, professors, and these guys, are, guys and girls are at the top of their profession when they read these books. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you you go back and read McGee now. I mean, for you after fourteen, fifteen years, you're not. It's not going to. It's not going to read the same to you, right? Because you've got you've got thousands of patients under your belt, and then you can even from your Pilates perspective, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, wait, of course that makes sense now. I mean, because I'm sure your treatments have changed since you became a Pilates instructor. Absolutely, um, it's because it, you now you're now looking at it from a different perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's helped um, both both sides. Um, I I've really appreciated um, like if I'm standing there with a massage client and something from Pilates will come in and and vice versa there with um, you know Pilates and massage and it's 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 really really been um, been helpful um, and and a little bit you know frustrating in the beginning with Pilates when I was learning how they do a postural assessment versus how I learned to do, you know, a postural assessment. Um, but it, you know, there's, there's a good, I can understand what I, I took, like what I appreciated from, from, uh, you know, Pilates and was able to implement it in, in massage and just kind of did what I needed to do to, to complete the Pilates, uh, certification. But at the beginning it was very frustrating because I'm so used to looking at it from a massage perspective, um, that, that when they, they did it just a little bit differently, uh, it really got under my skin, but now I appreciate it. Yeah. Because I mean, every, everyone's going from a different perspective. Like, I mean, I, I'm lucky cause I work with some of the best therapists in the national hockey league, like mm-hmm. as, as like therapy, like Don Nicoletta and Jerry town and Seth Hartel. Like they're, they're even their way of doing muscle energy is different than mine mm-hmm. because they work on young, healthy men. So a lot of the corrections that are done in prone, my 80 year old can't do it. So I do it in supine. Right. Right, and, yeah. and and I, I look at I look how they look at things from a perspective. For me, it's every day is like a is like a learning a learning day there. Mm-hmm. Their their perspective is so different than anything I've learned. So, for me, like going to work every day is like going is going to a course. Yeah, you know, and we see different things, and and and, and, and you know as well as I do. Every every ACL or MCL, the rehab is going to be similar, but it's not going to be the same. Yeah. Because it could be, you know, player A has got less ankle mobility than player B. Well, now you have to get player A's ankle mobility there. So you have, you have, there's another adjunct to what what you have to do. Right. So it's it's all about all about adding things here, adding things there, and and it's good to see different perspective. Like I, we have a chiropractor who comes in uh, once a week, and and he's kind of more of a muscle guy as well but i've watched his approach to things and i chat with him and like okay that makes sense mm-hmm. you know my my back's been actually been, been pretty messed up here for the last few weeks because i'm not used to sitting ah uh, yes right so i i've been getting some help with that and i was like oh okay well that makes sense yeah you know and, and here i am you know years in the business and i miss something simple yep on, on myself yeah Oh, absolutely. Um, what? Um, let me see here. Where can we go from there? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, what? Um, so, what are you? What have you been doing? Well, like you, you just described a little bit about um, having to sit a little bit more while you've been off, and 
Yeah. Um, you know, this time off has given you a little bit more perspective about work-life balance and and we got into a little bit about what it might look like when you get back. It's obviously not going to be the same and we won't really know until we get back into it what that's going to all look like. But what what have you been spending your, your time with the, the two months off? And how easy was it for you, knowing you to ease, <laughs> ease into it? <laughs> Well, the problem is I didn't get a chance to ease into it, right? right. We were in Cal- we were in California with the hockey team, okay. and we did the San Jose, LA, Anaheim, and then we came back, and then boom, the season was over. Mm-hmm. So I had to do I had to do the mandatory, you know, self self quarantine because I was in the states, and then then everything kind of you know fell apart. Yeah. So I I, I went from like eighty hours a week to zero. Yeah. Um, so I was I was lucky if my family was away for a week because they were in Vancouver on March break, so they were gone before all this stuff really kicked in. So I had, I had a kind of a week at home by myself, because um, even the dogs were at the kennel for a few days. Okay. Um, but really what I, <laughs> I've just turned into Mr. Mom. I, yeah. I, I, up until maybe a couple of days ago, I did, I've done all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the laundry, uh, working around the house, touching things up here and there, doing the gardening. So all, all the stuff that, you know, I would try and have to manage on those two days I wasn't doing anything. I've, I've been managing to do kind of like the last the last two months. Yeah. So I've been trying to keep myself busy. I've had a few days where, you know, I was, was probably a little grumpy, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a little bit depressed, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I got two, two dogs here, and I'm helping them out, and them and I, get up every morning we take the dogs out and for a good run in the woods so we belong to a, a private dog walking facility it's 100 acres of fenced in territory so we go in there and we let them run we never see anybody and um yeah i'm just trying to put around the house i started working out then got hurt right <laughs> and so I'm, now i'm pretty much back there i'll start trying to do that again now i get on my bike go for a ride yeah good yeah, just try to stay busy, but there's only so much you can do in a, in, a, in, a, in a day. Right. I find that my, my arms are getting sore from maybe on my iPad a bit too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's been interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I think I may have actually a hard time going back to work when this is all done. Uh-huh. And, and it's funny because the guys I work with, only, only a couple of us work outside the, uh, the hockey season. Like, I can't play. I'm trying to figure out how do you guys do this. How do you just sit around all summer and and, and not work? I'm like, no, I might be able to do this actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you can you I just mean, yeah go ahead sorry. Yeah, no good no good. No, I was just gonna like how can you describe a little bit more about how like why you think it'll be hard to go back to work? Um, I've been in like for lack of a better word enjoying the the time off. I I've got a you know, task lists that I've been checking off and I've, I've enjoyed sort of the mental satisfaction of getting those jobs done that you sort of, because you're so busy during the day, you're, you see them and you just, but you don't have enough time to get them done, but now they are getting done. It's, it's quite satisfying. Um, and I also think it would be, uh, it's going to be hard to get back to work, especially, uh, I mean, I I know I'm not going to go back to the full capacity, um, at least right away for sure. Um, but uh, can you describe a little bit more about about finding it hard to go back? Well, you have to understand this. This is this is for me the most time I've spent with my family in 25 years. Okay. Like I'm at home every day. I mean, mm-hmm. I get to hang out with my wife and the dogs and and the kids. And this isn't something I've ever really done because even once the off season came. You know, I was at the clinic, you know, nine, eight, eight to ten hours a day, and all I really had was weekends, and then be rushed around trying to get yard work done, get groceries, clean the house, all that stuff. So it wasn't really relaxing. I mean, Emma, Emma and I play, and, and Angie play Scrabble mm-hmm. uh, a lot now, and we play other games, and Emma and I are watching old, like, 80s and 90s movies on, on Netflix. We mm-hmm. watched Stripes the other day in the Police Academy, and, you know, it's all this bonding time that, realize that you know i've missed over the last 20 20 some odd years yeah, yeah. you know so i i mean trying now going back to work you know i'm not going to have that 
every every day, multiple hours a day of 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 that. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it's a necessity that I you know I, I'm going to have to get back. I mean, just from a financials perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I mean I, I didn't qualify for any of the CERB stuff, and I'm, I'm lucky enough the NHL is still paying me part of my salary. Okay. So I'm not at at, at a loss. It's probably a little bit more than the CERB, but it's still. You know, when you're used to getting full salary plus all the clinic stuff, it's still it's still a bit of a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I'm just going to miss that. I'm going to miss the just being at home all day. Yeah. You know, because I mean, I, I'm doing a lot around here. My wife, my wife works hard. I mean, like I said, she's a single mom, pretty much eight months a year. So it's been nice that I, you know, that I'm doing the cleaning and the laundry and all that stuff to help her out. Because she, I mean, she still works. She's still working her forty-hour work week, but she's okay. doing it from home. Yeah. So you know, so I can now lighten up the load. But when I get back, she has to do her forty-hour work week, plus all the stuff that I'm able to chip in and do now. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's been it's been actually kind of nice. Yeah. Oh. The, the only problem is my my whiskey collection is turning into a whiskey of the day. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I got I got I got to work on work on that part of it. But, yeah. Yeah, I think we're we're all enjoying um, a beverage, uh, you know, during uh, during this time. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. But yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I love my patients. And I can't wait to get back to see them. I mean, I I'm checking in with them once in a while. I'm still getting you know text messages. Are you working yet? Are you working yet? Because mm-hmm. a, a lot a lot of my a lot of my patients are considered essential, right? They're doctors and nurses and lab techs and a couple of construction guys that are still working and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're, they're in desperate need, but you know, we're not, we're not allowed to do anything with it. So I feel, I feel awful for them. So I can't wait to get back and, you know, and help and start helping those people again, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? And I miss the people I work with, mm-hmm. you know, like, 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 you know, everyone at West Physios, you know, they're just fantastic people. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's just kind of nice going there and hanging out. Yeah. So that part would be good, but I, I I will I will miss the not having to get up and rush out and uh, you know and, and then be be away from the house for ten to twelve hours and you know it's been it's been fun helping Emma with her homework and and, and that stuff. So I mean that that that'll be hard. Yeah. 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 And then just trying to maybe find out how you can re like how you can incorporate some of some of that once you are back because obviously it's it sounds like it was it's um you know really enjoyable for you and it's and you know so if if you can integrate it somehow i think it sounds like you'll you're gonna make that part of your priority well i'm gonna try yeah. i i i still i i am still me yeah so <laughs> i can I, I know exactly how this is gonna go but i'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna to have to once it's all up and going. I'm gonna I'm gonna to have to set some parameters that will have no leeway, or I'm gonna end up right back, right back where I was. You know, I had a good yeah. discussion with a actually a therapist from the from the U.S. the other day. You know, and she was all concerned about getting back. I said, well, just remember, you know, you you can't make up all your lost income in the first month. Right. Because yeah. if you try, you're you're gonna you're gonna get hurt. Yep. You know, you can't you can't go back to what you were doing. Mm-hmm. One, because of the restrictions, the, the, the restrictions won't allow it. Yeah. And two, you haven't done anything. It's going to be two or three months before you're able to get back to work, and you've done nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're going to have to you have to pace yourself, or you're going to be in in bad shape. Yeah. So, oh my God, I never thought about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you know when you haven't when you haven't run for too much, you go out and you go out and you start running again. Yeah. You know, you're using those muscles that you haven't used in a long time. Uh, for sure. It's, it's going it's going to be an adjustment for all of us getting back. I mean, I mean, like I said, I mean, I've been sitting now for two months. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, going back to start, you know, standing for eight to ten hours a day, it's going to be different mechanics again, right? Yeah. So, these are all things that we're going to have to. I think all of us are going to have to just be wary of. That's all when when it all finally does get back to happening and. Yep, for sure. 
Um, what would you last like uh, just to sort of close off? What yeah. would you teach aside from massage? Nothing body work related. If you could teach anything, what would you teach? Oh God, that's a good question. I mean, I taught restaurant management. I taught. Yeah. I taught profit. I tried taught profitability. Uh, yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. Be honest with you. Um, I would like to. I would like to try and teach, just from my lack of being able to do it, what constitutes a work-life balance. Yeah. You know, and and, and maybe a bit of motivational type stuff, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be... That's a good question, though. I mean, because I, I, I really do like to help people as much as I can with, with whatever aspect uh, that would take. That's a that'd be a good question. Yeah, that's uh, it would be it would be interesting. Just um, especially as you described with your with the working on yourself on that work life balance, you'd have a a great perspective. On then then teaching what you've what you've learned, um, so that would be that would be great. Anything else well, what, that you? Honestly, well, what I would really love to do is just roundtable discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, get a, get in a room and have ten to fifteen people, and just talk. Yeah. You know, and, and that's one thing I've learned from the all these you know massage blogs. There's a lot of people out there who have different perspectives and there's a lot of people who aren't very tolerant yes. of people's different perspectives yes and enough and enough where i've actually got off a few because there's just some nasty people out there yeah you know and, and there's no there's no there's no right way or wrong way to do anything everyone's perspective is different and there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. so I, I would love to sit down and do that I and mean, I, I would like to do that anytime yeah, you know, I I was hoping to do one of those with with a bunch of massage therapists here, and and someone took took the reins on it, and uh, I was reading a lot, of, like, I was just kind of um, going off what they've done and read what they've done. Just, every time they had something, I wasn't available, and I and I think the, the 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 way they took it wasn't something that I would be wanting to do anyway, but because it just I didn't really yeah whatever. But I would like to just sit down with 10, 15 people and just, you know, chat about how you run your practice and what works for you, what doesn't work for you, work-life balance, perspective on treatments, just stuff like that. I think that actually would be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Absolutely. Um, like the, the, the conversations um, that would come out of that. And I've also... Um, um, like I, I think that as as colleagues, like we should get or just like just like have that round table, but get hands on as well, um, to well, sure, to yeah. share uh, to share our strengths. Um, uh, so I think that that would be a, um, an addition to that as well. That's awesome. But I wouldn't have. To, I mean, I, it wouldn't even just be massage therapists. Like I'm mm-hmm. an athletic therapist in there, a physio, a chiro. Yeah. So I mean, and there's I mean, there's a lot of courses of, of things that. Like the pelvic floor stuff, I would never do it, but I would love to learn it and understand it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I know I've I've referred people to to it for physio, and it's it's been life changing. Yeah. I mean, I would love to take the course, but I could never justify doing it. Right. Just just so I have a better understanding about that, or you know, or or the or the Carl's perspective on things, or Nate's perspective on things, or uh, you know, just yep. you know, just get just get everyone's thought process. Yep, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up, anything else that you'd like to, to add or share with, with listeners? No, I think that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, hopefully we, hopefully we can all get back to doing what we love and, you know, and I hope, I hope people don't use this as an opportunity to leave the profession because I've seen, I've seen people second guessing their, you know, that their, their not essential designation, um, but regardless of what the government says, you know, we're, we are essential to our clients. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if we weren't, we wouldn't be in business. Right. So hopefully everyone just kind of sticks with it. We all get through this and we get back to doing what we love as soon as we possibly can. And if, any, if anybody ever has any questions for me, feel free to reach out. I love to chat with people at any given time. I'm, I'm always open. I'm, I have nothing pressing going on right now. So <laughs> if anybody ever wants to chat, they can get my, your, my contact info from you and, um, I would love it. Awesome. I will put that in, uh, 
in the notes on uh, on the website there. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for taking the time oh, to chat. Pleasure. You've been on my uh, my want to chat with list for <laughs> a while, but your schedule has been very busy. Um, and well, because we can, we can thank the virus for one thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you have uh, an awesome day, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you when we all get back. All right. That's great. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. No problem. That's all from the Radical RMT this week. I hope you enjoyed this chat with Sean Markwick. And if you want to reach out to him, then visit the show notes for this episode at theradicalrmt.com. If you are liking what you've heard so far, then please write a review and share this episode with another Radical RMT. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have an awesome day.